0: Tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Hey guys, welcome back to this edition of Creating the Future. A couple of weeks ago, I had the unique opportunity to speak into a local business and I uh, was part of their team meeting where all the company came together. And I was absolutely absolutely blown away at the culture of this company, uh, that they came together and the way the employees liked each other and enjoyed time together, the way the owners invested in the employees was absolutely beautiful and refreshing. And so I thought I need to learn more about this company. It's called True Builders and it's owned by Isaac and Mark Lever, they started just over 10 years ago and they have built something absolutely beautiful. And we're going to jump into a conversation with Mark and Isaac and learn a little bit about what made that culture so beautiful. What was their journey over the course of 10 years going from just a partnership where they were just doing it on their own to a a business that had over $10 million come in uh, last year and watching this growth and watching how you grow the right way and just learning from some of their challenges along the way and some things they did that didn't work. And so you are going to be blessed. You're going to love this conversation with the owners of true builders today. So sit back, relax, and, uh, and see what you can learn from this conversation. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Creating the Future. Super excited to be back with you today and this amazing conversation we get to have with uh, uh, Isaac Turpin and Mark Lever and uh, hear their story of how they built an amazing company. In fact, it's fun for me because one of my personal favorite podcasts is an NPR podcast called How I Built This. And on that podcast, they interview amazing entrepreneurs who started great companies that ended up affecting the world and changing an industry. And I really feel like I get to do the same thing today. And so I get to play my role in this. And so, uh, Isaac, Mark, welcome onto the podcast. Uh, Really excited that you guys are with us today. Um, Let's start out in the very beginning. You guys have a company called True Builders uh, that started just over 10 years ago in 2009. Like, like, what was it like? What, what drew you guys together? First of all, because a lot of times, especially in the construction type industry, it seems like you have one person who's the who's the owner and president, and having a partnership like you guys have is a little unique. So, how did you guys meet? How did you decide to form this company?
1: Back
2: to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uniquely, we um, had us the same best friend, right? So, when I grew up, um, I had a guy live down the road from me, my childhood best friend. He moves away. I'm very sad to see him go. He happens to move right by Isaac at the time. Good choice for him. Yeah. <laughs> so I lost my best friend at the time. So we tried to stay in contact. Well, he ended up introducing me and Isaac. Uh, we became friends, childhood friends, stayed in contact the entire time. Um, it's funny.
1: We actually uh, had a couple of jobs together uh, in the younger years. But, you know, when you're just getting started, what do you want to do? And uh, always seem to kind of have the same uh, strengths. And then in the areas that we didn't have the same strengths, it's kind of like I, I would listen to him. I don't listen to many people. I'd pick up on some things that he would he would say, and he would do the same. And it was just kind of, it's kind of been that way since we were young, you know.
0: That's so cool. How old were you when you guys first met? Was 14?
2: Yeah, right around 15 years old. Yeah.
0: 14, 15. How old are you now?
2: Oh. 40, 38, I yeah. turned 39. Yeah, yeah. So you're, yeah. you're pushing
0: 30 years of a friendship, man. That's that's got to be unique. So let's start in the beginning. So, so you guys are friends, but you decide to form a company. How, what made you guys decide to form a company together, and how did you come up with the name uh, True Builders?
2: You know, uniquely, we had a uh, rough childhood past. Um, our, our upbringing, it just didn't work out. We had great uh, spiritual leaders as parents we didn't make the right choices. Mm-hmm. So we struggled to find jobs with our strengths because of yeah. our past. It just, it prevented us from so many different outlets. We would go in, we would get the job, they'd ask about our past, and again, we would lose the opportunity. Um, both of us going through the same issues, uh, separately actually. Yeah, um,
1: Mark had a job at a plumbing company and we, I, we had worked construction jobs and sales got jobs together, you know. Um, but we kind of went our separate ways and different careers. Mark was doing a, a plumbing job and he was, talking about how man plumbers go in two houses, mess everything up, rip a tub out or tear the wall out and they leave. Yeah. And uh, he has a real good like a uh, sense about seeing deals, like where's money's left on the table. And so he called me and he's like, man, I'm kind of selling these jobs on the side, making more money than I am. I'm, I want to be a contractor, you know? And uh, he said his son and him had talked about this name uh, called True, like True Builders. They, they kind of liked it that he was gonna be a contractor. And uh, so, like we always do, we kind of sold a couple of jobs together trying to figure it out and remodel stuff, you know, little bathroom stuff. Yeah. And uh, it did, it worked. And I looked at him one day and I said, if we're going to do this, we got to do it the right way. <laughs> I mean, like, we got to get a license, we got to get insurance, we got to get there's a ton of stuff we got to get if we're going to do it. And it just kind of, one thing after the other, just click,
2: click, click. I was actually thankful just to be in business at the time you know, for him to say let's get it all legal and legit i'm like we're just paying bills right now we're just trying to get by." but what he did is he stretched out a, a small dream into a real vision and said if we can make it legal and legit which isn't easy it isn't cheap we know this right it's, it's a price to pay but it shows if you're really invested in what you're doing
0: right right yeah it just reminds me that for any young business owners that are starting a business watching this they say that one of the reasons why businesses will fail in the first couple of years, which you know, happens off the charts, uh, is because they don't have a business plan or a business model, right? They just have a good intention. They, they, they want to go do this. They think they can make money out of it, but they don't have a business plan, which partially incorporates what do you do in case of a catastrophe? What do you do if this doesn't work out and how do you still succeed? And it sounds like Isaac was kind of pushing towards a model. You, know, you got a little bit of the passion and the model mixed together and it becomes something beautiful.
1: That's what it's been the whole time. Um, and- it's funny. We're a little bit against the grain as far as we never really, you know, we put some things on paper on a napkin. And you know, Bob Evans, our Starbucks. Uh, right, right. That was our first office. Did y'all um, save
0: that napkin somewhere? Is it on the wall somewhere?
1: I, we still have all kinds of pictures and of the napkin. We wrote <laughs> napkins
2: <laughs> this morning again. Same thing.
1: Right uh, visions and dreams. So. Yeah, the first business model was really written on a on a paper. T- uh, no, back of a menu. One of those paper menus that you advertise on. You know, yeah. Right, yeah. There. But I'll tell you this, uh, any young people that are planning on starting or they are just getting started, um, plans change yeah. uh, quickly. And I would say the ability to adapt to – we may have a written plan. It may be even chicken scratch. It's very basic. Uh, but it's changed 500 times yes. since we started. Right. You know, And it's just you, you have this one idea, you chase it, you pick up on another route. You're like, this way is a little faster. But, you know, this works a little bit easier. And it just – that's where it's been, man. That's it yeah that's what what
0: works (laughs) do you think you guys think that's a key to being successful in any business nowadays is is adapting is that's terminology you would use pivoting in these moments to to be able to change to the culture
2: well remember as a leader the way you adapt is the way your team's going to adapt so you may go to the next level and and show frustration that you don't want to this to change and and it bleeds onto your team yeah your team is constantly looking at you how you take the change how you take the growth is it too much for you um, and I think ultimately as business owners, all we really got to do is keep it together, right? And your team sees that, hey, they're managing, they're making it. And, and like Isaac mentions that, we will go be honest with our team and say, hey, look, we've been there. We get it. You know, if this is what it takes to get to the next level, we're here for you. We got you. We expect something from you too, you know? Um, I think everybody has the same, um, the same problem, whether
1: you're a business or an entertainer or whatever it is. It's basically how do I stay relevant? You know, how do I stay relevant? Yeah. You always yeah. got to reinvent yourself. You always got to stay in front of people. What's the next song you're coming out with? It's the same thing in business. Not, And I'm not talking about just being popular. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what's the next technology right, yeah. that's coming out that could be uh, against our company. How do, we, how do we pivot and turn? So yeah, um, being able to change, um, I think it would be, I would say it's in the, in the top 10 easy, right. maybe in the top three of uh, keys to being successful.
0: Yeah, it seems like especially right now with the world we live in that, that radically shifts all the time, right? I mean, it, you know, every couple of weeks, it's like we're living in a different world a little bit. And so we have to be able to pivot. We got to be able to adapt in those moments. And you guys have done that so well. And even even inside of your company, from an outside perspective, I've seen how you guys do things in the construction industry that you don't see done very well. And one of those to me is marketing. I mean, you guys you guys are great at marketing in an industry where most people aren't you know most people in the construction industry seems like their marketing is is wearing the same t shirt for all the employees, right You guys are actually shooting commercials, your brand is everywhere your your label's everywhere uh, It's pretty neat to see so so how did you guys fall into this marketing place in, inside of your your construction company
1: um I don't know it's a it's a double edged sword I would say is um learning how to be seen in a crowd i mean that's what you, you know you start that from middle school i guess you would say you know um, yeah. and that's funny that's kind of why we clicked off you know just even stupid outfits or whatever you want to wear it's uh
2: <laughs> it's it's funny how that we've always kind you of want, had that you interest. want to find a way to stand out right, right. so whatever that may be to you, you just find your own way so what we did in our company is we, we dialed into our color scheme and said, mm-hmm. at the beginning, we're going to have to market through our color scheme. How, what's the way to stand out? And coincidentally, we, we went to black because yes. in Florida, if you look up, the number one <laughs> color not to purchase a shirt <laughs> or any a truck to drive, is a black one. To us, the temperature here is just uh, doesn't fit the market, but we saw that as something to make us stand out. If yeah. there was something that was available uh, that we could start to jump in, and we added colors to it as we went along, but... Most importantly, it was finding our way to stand out in the crowd. Yeah, um, yeah, and marketing, I think marketing never, ever stops.
0: Right. Uh, some people
2: are like, oh, well, you
1: have to do just TV. You have to do just radio. You, it's business cards. I don't think it's like just one thing. You can't pinpoint anything to say that right there. Now, that helped propel us, yes. That helped propel us there. But it's just, it's pins. It's business cards. It's shirts. It's, it's hats. all these little things that are, you know, my mm-hmm. new, I guess you would say. But it's just trucks. I mean, everything that we can brand, we, I think my socks right now. Yeah. I
2: guarantee you,
1: you know our, <laughs> our socks ain't true. You know right now, I don't it. know. Is just what we do. You know what it
2: boils down to. Somebody told us a long time ago, they said, if you're a fan of a team, you have their jersey. You have their shirt. Right. You, right. you represent for them. If you were to go to their game, wouldn't you wear their jersey? Wouldn't you want to represent that team? Right but Now, we're all part of the team, so we wanted people to buy in and say, this is your team and you're a fan of this team. You right. want to wear that shirt. You want to wear that hat. You want to be on that all the time and that mindset.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's so good. You guys have marketed so well that Isaac, your sister's baby is named True. I mean, it's hard to market better than that. I mean, when they like the company that much, they're naming their kids after Listen, that's I was like, against
1: it. I said, do not do that. <laughs> do not do that. But I mean, uh, I guess it would be a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If that was why they named it True, which they didn't. So.
0: Yeah, I was just watching a uh, documentary on Carol Shelby uh, a couple months ago now. And uh, Carol Shelby originally kind of stumbled into this marketing thing of standing out amidst a crowd on accident. He was a chicken farmer at the time. He's still young and he's a chicken farmer and he's racing on the side himself. And uh, he forgets that he has a race. His wife runs out. And he's like, you need, you, you got a race coming up. You got to go to this race. So he doesn't have time to change or anything. He literally jumps off the tractor, jumps in his truck and goes down to the race, wins the race, but he's still in his overalls. Like he's still in his, He's like, you know, working on the chicken farm, chicken mess all over him overalls. And they take his picture and have it in the front page of whatever newspaper at the time, which was a big deal. And so after that, he started wearing overalls all the time because he's the only race car driver wearing overalls. And Carroll Shelby's part of his genius of marketing, which was a big part of who he was later on, started simply by standing out by wearing overalls. So for That's every on. every business owner watching, listen, you don't have to have genius or money to stand out. You just got to be creative. You just got to think it through and and then see what see what wave comes that you can jump on, like wearing overalls to a race. Yeah. I don't, don't you have some overalls? I know He's got <laughs> some overalls. <That's laughs>
2: on good points, being relevant. It was relevant to the race car. When you're right. relevant to what you're you're doing, stand out in your lane is the way to do it. it Set you apart, definitely.
0: Yeah. So we probably put the cart ahead of the horse a little bit, but um. So you guys started the company, you know, ten and a half or so years ago in two thousand nine, uh, but it has grown tremendously from that point. So I, I would assume it started with just the two of you. I I would assume. I don't know that. Uh, we, yeah. But where has it grown to from there to now?
1: Uh, we always joke around and say our first office was Starbucks because it. Kind of was. It yeah. was just me and him. We just, just finding jobs, going and selling them, and then doing them um, until switching to an office. But I think uh, where it's grown to now, I mean, I hate to say it because it sounds pretentious sometimes, but we're blessed. I was being honest with you. We're blessed. Uh, we got an office on I four, and if you're from this area or you don't know, it's right in between Tampa and Orlando, Florida. It's, right. I mean,
2: dead smack in the middle. Um, It's what, 10,000 square foot? 10,000 square foot. So we started out two, I think, almost three years with no office. Oh, yeah, no office. No No, office. The reason why is because we have families, we have responsibilities, and we said if we don't make enough money, we can't get the office. So we set limits Mm -hmm. like, hey, if we can make this amount, then we'll get an office. Mm -hmm. If we have this amount in the bank, then we'll get this stuff. So we built through those categories. We wouldn't buy it unless we had the money to buy it. Um, It forced us to come to work it forced us like i said hey you know what we need another truck for the guys and he would say well how much is it okay it's this amount of money well we got to work harder we got to make that money sell the job and finish this job so we can obtain that that we own it not necessarily are we trying to get into debt at the beginning we wanted to be smart at the very beginning you know Uh, yeah he's giving good points to people that are starting and stay
1: liquid i mean you got to stay liquid don't overextend yourself or you'll get get cut but yeah man i mean like i said blessed on i4 I'd uh, say so we got 51 employees, or is it full? right around 50 employees all together between the companies. Um, got a really large fleet, and uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's just grown out. Like, I think our first year tax
2: returns, we started in 08, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was like 200000 at the max. We had to pay things out, um, pay ourselves, barely even surviving at that time. Right, right. We closed our books out this year at around $10 million. Yeah. So we go from 200,000 barely, barely. Uh, to 10 million. And what he's pointing out is the same things, the same principles that we had back then. We still know it's important to stay liquid. It's important to stay ahead of the game yeah. with the trends. Uh, that's something for us to continue as we grow is that businesses aren't just profitable. It's not the only way to sustain them. You have to understand how to maintain the money that you're getting. As, as an owner, how do you spend your money? What portion of the, of the company do you take? um financially things like that
0: yeah those are big decisions Uh, Even as I hear you talk, I've seen so many entrepreneurs start businesses and they jump into this ridiculous amount of overhead right off the bat because it gives an image of success before they actually have success. And you guys somehow successfully, uh, you know, uh, maneuver through that where, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not successful if I don't have an office. And so they're going out and written an office they can't afford that ends up hurting the company. And you guys are talking about Starbucks is your office. And I think there's a, a real powerful truth to that, that you don't need to put out the image to look successful or have some kind of thoughts in your head that I'm successful when I have a secretary. You know, some people think that way, or I'm successful, you know, when I get a truck that has my name on it. No, you have to build in stages and get to the place that you can actually afford those things and don't sacrifice the health of your company for the sake of an image that you're trying to create. Listen, you're hitting it on the
1: head. And so before we had an office, you wouldn't have known that. Right. You know what I mean? We represented ourselves like what's the act as if, I think it's called. We represented ourselves just way ahead. We acted like we had 50 employees the day that we started, right. <laughs> you know, right. and we did very professional. So, yes, I do agree. Stay lean, stay real lean, but you also got to be you got what they call about the hustle.
0: Mm-hmm. Everybody, that's
1: a popular word on hustle. So, what it means is find something that doesn't overextend you, that gives you the look that you are that big. And I'll give you a quick example. Me and martin riding through one time had an opportunity to get a billboard a billboard we don't even have an office and we <laughs> said listen dude we debated for three days on why and how and what is it smart is it we don't even have an office you know what i mean and we yeah. came to the conclusion that for the money the price ticket which i can't even tell you how much it was then was like very low super low we can pay we can afford that all day long but it looks like it's worth five thousand dollars a month you know what i mean yeah. so you've got to have an office if you have a billboard three hundred dollars a month we, we, we <laughs> marketed yeah. billboard
2: as a, as a sense of professionalism that we were taking the next step the key is he's pointing out is the billboard was in a terrible location really really inexpensive billboard we use Ooh. it and social media mm-hmm. remarketed it to say hey world we got a brand new billboard up here of course it only costs two hundred dollars a month yeah but and it's in a terrible location and nobody's going to see it, but social media will. He takes a picture, stood sure. in front of it, and gave us that presentation. That if you have a picture in front of a billboard,
1: I don't even know where your office is. You got how, to, like, how many deal. billboards do you have? Is that one on I four? Is it? Nobody knows when it's on social media. It's just a picture of the billboard and us. Right? right. Yeah. yeah. That 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 worked yeah. it worked, but it was it really really inexpensive. Right. Super Not inexpensive. Right.
0: So. That's, a, that's a that's a great example and especially in the construction industry i mean i'm not in it but it would seem to me that you have less customers coming to you and you're going to customers a lot more i'm not saying nobody ever comes to you but it just yeah. seems like you would be going out to their house a lot more meeting with people at their house looking at what you want to do or need to do for them then you're going to have in, in some other businesses where they're always coming to a storefront
1: yeah uh no we, i said it the other day in a meeting to my to, to our crew we said uh literally Publix and Chick-fil-A is who we're competing with as far as what we want for customer service and the experience that our customers get. The only difference is you go to Chick-fil-A and you go to Publix. We're going in people's houses. That's a tough gig, man. To be honest with you, it's a tough gig. Everything you touch is not yours, you know, and still giving that customer a good experience when you're inside their house. um, It was important to us to bring that to the construction industry because I felt like there was a gap in that. Customer service is huge and it's really important to us.
0: All right. So you guys went from, you know, just the two of you, you know, the whole fake it till you make it kind of thing, right? Making some yeah. decisions to certainly it's not an overnight success, but from an outsider looking in, it can look like that. I know when you're on the inside of that kind of success, it certainly doesn't feel overnight because you got blood, sweat and tears all wrapped up in this. And, yeah. But from an outsider, oftentimes it does look like it's an overnight success. And in the middle of that, you can face some challenges. And so you guys went through some rough roads with that. And, and uh, let's, let's talk about two of them real fast, but let's talk about your personal lives first. And so, you know, I know you guys a little bit, it sounds like from the success you had, you managed the business pretty well, but you didn't always manage your personal lives very well. So, so tell us about that.
2: Yeah. Um, so biggest focus I, I talked about it a minute ago was owning a business and making it profitable is a part of it, right? What you do as an owner with those profits is a whole other problem. Sure. It's a whole other deal because what happens is the companies they get bigger, the, the owner makes more money. Now he's not managing the money well. Doesn't mean yeah. the company's not managed well. Yeah, can't do it. So what happens? That impacted our lives because we came up with nothing because we had nothing, no experience, right. no education. Right. You know, because we acted in such a way with the billboard that elevated us to the next level, we weren't ready. We didn't have the training, right. so it, it made it the mistakes that a lot of people may not make. We started making. Start yeah. making them in our business and our personal lives. Uh, money can take you and, and shift your mindset if you think you're somebody you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's touching a little bit on that. We you,
1: we weren't ready for it. And I, and it it is quickly, even though it's been 10, 12 years. Um, it did happen very quickly. We weren't ready for that level of success, that level of money, because we, like you said, we came from such a background that we, kind of saw ourselves as those still, you know, kids that always had to struggle, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when we had the money, you have to be very, very prepared and know exactly who you are It or money and attention will just magnify the issues that were already on the inside of you, whether good or bad, right. it magnifies both. So, um, yeah, so we got caught up in, in some of those struggles and, um, making, making some dumb decisions. Um, not to go too deep into it, but, you know, I got divorced about three years ago. Uh, we both family man, four kids. You would never know that there was a whole other side of us because we were hustlers. We got to go, we got to work, we got to grind. And then we had something. And what do you do with that? Uh, and unfortunately, in the business world, there's a, there's a lack of good Christian men um, who are very successful and who know how to handle that. Um, and we didn't gravitate towards them. We oh, gravitate, yeah. gravitated towards some other people who said, this is how you do it. This is what businessmen do. Um, and we got in that racket. And man, thank God almighty. You know, I mean, we have we have turned it around before that ship was, you know, it's a hardship to turn around. It's a cruise ship. We say it all the time. We're really, really blessed to say time out. He, he, Mark says it all the time. It's called the call before the fall, I guess. It's like
2: somewhere in there a bell gets rung and says, if you don't do something now, this yeah. is all gonna fall apart, yeah. yeah. You, get, you definitely get the warnings, and we, and we touched on it at the very beginning, which is we don't know what the business is gonna be, right? We have expectations and hopes, right? Yeah. But we never prepared for it to be great, right? right? We wanted it to be, we built it to be, and we didn't prepare for it in our personal life. So as your business progresses, you always wanna dial back and say, what areas in my personal life are gonna prevent my company from taking the next level? So, we, after the divorce, we come in, we still got to do business. We still got to maintain. So, I know it's very difficult for him to, to go through a divorce, maintaining the business at the same time, showing hope to people that feel like, oh, is the leadership going to go away? We have to keep the culture strong with me and him. Hey, yeah. we're coming through this together. We're not going to get weak. Uh, and I think what makes leaders leaders is that they admit their faults, they come clean with them like he did and say, hey, how do we improve together? That's where cultures build. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know I still, you're big about, I think you're real big about time off, aren't
1: you? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I lived
0: the other side of it. Like you guys, I've been there.
1: Well, yeah. And that's something, that's also something you do when you carry your business everywhere you go at all times. There's no shut off button, home right. or work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that can get you in trouble too. So he's talking about your personal life, make sure it's balanced. Make sure you know what success is. You know, I don't do all these classes and all this stuff, but They always say, write out what success is to you. Now I know what they mean is Mm. don't make money and attention. What you say is success because there's a lot more to being successful than just money and attention.
0: Yeah. It seems like so oftentimes business owners that are successful, um, That they end up in that same place that you're at it's you guys are construction guys you know all about this but if your foundation is not strong enough to handle the height that you're going it ends up collapsing because of the foundation not because of the height but because the foundation wasn't strong enough so you got to build that foundation first right you got to start there and then you can build high but you can never build higher than that foundation that you start with but yet we see that over and over and over with the business community and and leaders especially in rapidly growing companies uh, and churches, like where i 'm at and and you 'll find yourself in a place where from the outside everybody 's praising you and talking about how great you are, and everything's so wonderful, and i can 't believe all that you 're doing, and you know for you guys you 're making all this money, things are great, but then on the inside you 're crumbling because your personal lives are really imploding so i guess the 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 question I would ask right here is simply this. What would you say to young leaders who are getting out, getting started? Maybe they're in year three, four, five, whatever. They're, they're climbing that ladder. They're doing some great things. And, and they don't even realize that they're redlining to the point that they could lose some things that are very important. What, what would you say to that leader?
2: You know, I think that because we've had a lot of experience, sadly, in, this, in these issues, we realize that it's not us. It's God. Yeah. It's about Him. We get very selfish in this time where anything works. Right? It's all of us. It's all us. Yeah. Anything doesn't work, it's all everybody else. <laughs> no point yeah. at no point is it all about God. Yeah. And what he wants. And we we dedicated ourselves to saying we don't own this company. Yeah. We work for God. So if you want to we talked about this a long time ago, we never have money issues. Never. We talk to people we don't even know why they have money issues. We looked at each other at the very beginning and said, God's in charge of the accounts. So yeah. if you take or don't tell or don't do right, you're gonna have to answer to God. Not me. You deal with it with him, we put God in charge. So it was nice for us to fall back and say, hey, I made a mistake. Thankfully, I'm not the one in charge. God is, we can go to him and make the right decisions moving forward. Yeah, um, I think about the threefold. Uh, it's gotta be your mind, it's gotta be
1: your, uh, your spirit and your body. You gotta take care of all three. And for a long time, very unhealthy. Didn't take care of myself, um, gotta do that. I didn't know the importance of that. It's good to do that. Um, you definitely got to take time off, like let your mind rest a little bit, you know, uh, work your body, make sure your mind's rested, and then your soul, which I would say is the most important. Our parents, both of our dads are ministers, um, and my dad would always just, the answer was always Jesus, and that used to drive me nuts. I don't know if you, it's anything, it didn't matter what it was, you know, uh, my legs <laughs> were Jesus, you know, a kid punched me in the face at school, just Jesus, it'll be fine. I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense, but I kind of get it now, you yeah. know what I mean, and for a long time I ran from that. And what it is, is when that priority is God, whatever you want to call it, you want to call it morals, higher being, whatever it is. But when you have that set of standards, you're not going to budge on no matter what, which is why we say relationship, which is um, when you won't budge on those, everything else does line up. And I didn't believe it. It took me freaking (laughs) 36 years to finally say, okay, I get it. I get it, pops. I get it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's switch gears and, and talk one more thing that I know has been a little bit of a difficulty that is the case with any company where you have, especially you guys. So you got two similar personalities, two type A driven guys uh, working together. There are going to be moments of friction and frustration and difficulty where you want to strangle each other. Like, like how do you guys deal with that within your company where kind of you're both the boss? And at moments, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you have a boxing ring like out back behind the shop, you know, with some gloves. Yeah. You guys can just yeah. fight things out every once in a while. How do you How do you work together sometimes when you drive each other crazy?
2: <laughs> I know you got a lot. Isaac knows this too, but integrity. It all yeah. boils down to integrity. You can be upset, you can be mad, but if a person's honest with you, you got to respect them. You got to. So to come in, he'll come in and say, "Hey, I'm not having a good day today." Okay. I don't want to talk about this. And I don't want to talk about that. And hey, I'm not going to be happy that day. Right. But at the end, I do know that at least he was honest. He was, he was sincere about that. I think when we, when our uh, business started to struggle, and our relationship started to struggle, so our integrity started to struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our culture started to shift and sure. things were going bad because we weren't being honest with each other. Uh, I think or we anything. quickly realized if we cannot be honest with each other, we're not going to be honest with anybody else. You know, it's the
1: same as uh, I would say it's the same as any relationship. Uh, and one of the biggest ones, biggest relationships in your life would be a marriage, obviously. So it has a lot of parallels to that is like they say in the beginning, the beginning of your marriage is the easiest. That's the what they call it, the honeymoon stage. Right. Right. Oh, it's fine. I don't care if the house isn't cleaned or the you didn't make dinner. I don't care because, you know, whatever. Um, and then you go through that time where it's like, oh, you know, you didn't take out the tra- who cares about the tra-? you know, you go through all that. When we stay, keep our integrity good and we focus on each other's strengths, because let me tell you something, having a business partner when your business runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week is the best thing you could ever have. Okay. I'll say it again because your business never stops. There's never somebody that doesn't want to talk to you. Just like a pastor, you would assume. So if you focus on the benefits of your partner and not what they do wrong or what they don't do right or what they do different, it's usually different. It's not right and wrong. It's different. Uh, when you focus on those positives then your relationship would be fine the business would be fine Built on integrity
0: yeah that's such a good analogy because it is like a marriage so many marriages end in divorce so many business partnerships end up ending in divorce so to speak and it's like separate and one person takes the business or a section of the business or something like that you almost need counseling from time to time it's like just like marriage counseling it's like all right let's get some 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 marriage counseling for these these uh you know people working together All right, let's, let's switch gears to a positive note. So I got the privilege of speaking to your team, I don't know, a few weeks ago now, and, uh, I was just blown away by the culture of your company. Like people genuinely seem to love each other. They seem to love working there. It was just an amazing, amazing culture within your company. I think it's Peter Drucker who has the famous quote that says, culture eats uh, systems for breakfast or something along those lines. Um, And that's so true. So you can have all the systems in the world, but culture really is what matters. How have you guys found and created such an amazing culture at uh, True Builders?
2: We tried it both ways. <laughs> so, we, we we really tried it both ways. We came out the gate with the best culture ever. Mm-hmm. We really did. I mean, it was hugging and, and everything's gonna be amazing. And we're gonna pray it through or fight it through, whatever. We're we're right. a family. Um, we we shifted, went into a corporate direction, and we knew that we were headed towards corporate. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know how much we had to go in that direction. But as soon as things started shifting towards corporate, we realized this isn't who we are. You know, we want structure. We love it. But like you mentioned. If you don't care about what you do, then there's no point in setting the systems up. There's no point in me building this because you ain't gonna follow it. Yeah. So we, we realized instantly that culture is what's gonna create this success. So we had to move and pivot back from the corporate life to being a corporate family life where, right. hey, you know what, at the end of the day, it, like he said, every system can't be followed to a T. There's times you gotta go out and say the culture alone has us the ability to where we got to shift some things. This guy can't get to work because he has to take three kids to school because his wife left him. And you know what? He's going to come into work 15 minutes late. And we're going to allow it because this right. is how he keeps his job and supports his family. Um, I think from a very young age, both of us with a, with our family
1: relationships have uh, pushed us to love people. I mean, that's, that's your rules. We love people. And uh, so what we did is we took that, put it into a business sense. We really genuinely care about people that work for us man we really do i know it sounds cheesy and it's cliche but we we really genuinely care about the people that work for us we like being involved we got you know we got that that upbringing of being in the church and that that fast pace and love people and train them no matter what pick them up when they yeah. fall we kind of brought that into into the workplace i mean you were there you were there at yeah. the company meeting yeah. um it's kind of ran like a church service right? in awesome. one sense, you know, I mean, we don't have a praise and worship team, but you know, we got the music element, which brings the emotion out. You know, we bring it up on stage, which sets the president, you know, we excite people. We talk about accomplishments and, and give it a little, you can do it. You get out a boy, You can do it. I and mean, we're not the owner. God's the owner. We
2: get to celebrate. We're having fun is, is that we feel like we're on the same level as them. Hey, something that got us to where I'm, I'm at my position in the company and you're at yours. That'll make us no different people. God's the owner, so we get to celebrate with them. We don't treat it like it's our money in the atmosphere. We're celebrating with them. We're happy to give it and feel that it makes them really take the extra mile.
0: Yeah, it shows that you guys care. It was so obvious, and I was just blown away. I've been at uh, a number of those kind of meetings over the years, and uh, that was by far the best meeting like that I have ever been at, which is really the reason I decided to have you guys on the podcast. I'm like, man, how in the world do they have such an amazing culture? They got to have an amazing story, and I love hearing you guys' story. So Isaac and Mark, it has been awesome to have you guys on the podcast. Let's quickly talk about True Builders for just a moment. So what do you guys build? What do you do? And uh, and if somebody wants to get a hold of you guys, if somebody wants something built, how do they
2: do that? Okay, so uh, True's the brand. We currently are contractors. We have plumbing license, AC license, uh, roofing license, and aluminum license. We specialize in restoration when the house is flood out, catch fire, but we do have 24-hour um, plumbing services, AC services, um, doing full roofs. Best way to reach us is check out the website, true-builders.com. Yep. One, one website, trueplumbers.com is another. Check us out on the website. All our stuff, our videos are on there. Yeah, check us out on YouTube. Love
1: this. We, we got some uh, different creative marketing, I think, that you would find entertaining from a construction company. Some pretty cool videos. Check it out on YouTube. Just type in the word True Builders.
0: Sweet. Yeah, that'll be awesome. In fact, as we close everything out right here, I will put one of your commercials uh, at the very end right here. So as we wrap up this, oh, cool. you'll see the commercial before we do a little outro. So uh, so Isaac, Mark, thank you guys for being on the podcast. I hope this has been helpful for everybody listening. Listen, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are, who are starting businesses and moving forward and you need mentorship businesses and people that you can look up to. Don't make the same mistakes that other people have made, so learn from them. And, yeah. uh, and I think you can have an amazing, amazing Company and continue to create the future. So, again, Mark, um, Isaac, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed thank it. You. And everybody watching, you us. see you next thank week. You. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.